I was working in the hotel when the last recession, they cut hours like crazy. Like, I mean, people who trained me, people who were like older to be my grandma, they were getting laid off. I still remember that. So when I buy hotels, I look at demand generators. And what a demand generator is, is something that will bring that demand to your hotel. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pillay, and welcome to episode 157 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. Did you know that 50% of the motels in the U.S. are owned by Indian Americans? As a 33-year-old, today's guest purchased a Hilton hotel. Until I met Devon, I had never thought of purchasing a hotel as a business or even as an investment vehicle. You've probably guessed that as a hotel owner, she is in the minority because less than 1% of hotel owners are Black women. Davon started her career working at the front desk of a Hyatt hotel at night while she interned and was eventually hired by a hotel investment group. Fast forward 15 years, she now owns her own hotel. She's a hotel consultant, an investor, and is on a mission to teach other Black women and women in general how to enter the hotel industry. Before we hear the rest of Davon's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Davon's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the CEO of the Vaughn Group, Davon Reeves. Davon Reeves, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Sirwa. So for anyone who hasn't heard of you or come across you before, could you share who you are and what you do? Sure, absolutely. My name is Davon Rees. I am the founder and president of the Vaughn Group. We are a hotel consulting firm where we teach people how to become successful hotel owners. And I am also one of the co-owners of the 85-room Home Two Suites by Hilton in El Reno, Oklahoma. How did you even get into the hotel ownership industry? Let's start there. I get that question like all the time, right? Yeah, because the average person does not own a hotel. So how did you get into it? And it's so crazy because in my circle, everyone owns hotels. <laughs> really? Well, I guess you attract like, like attracts like, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, a topic of conversation. Um, so actually, I've been in the industry for over 14 years probably over 15 years now. Mm. I actually started off as a front desk agent I'm at the Hyatt Regency Atlanta. Uh, so just like a lot of people at that time, I did not know that you could own a hotel. So, you know, talking about buying a hotel, owning a hotel, that was not talked about at the dinner table. Mm. Uh, it was not talked about growing up. Um, definitely even, you know, like I said, I was a front desk agent. It's just something that just didn't come to mind because at that time that I actually owned the hotel that I was working in. So I just thought that all the hotel brands owned their own hotels. Mm. And so how did you make that transition then into thinking I can own this, believing it? Because it honestly is mindset as well. Oh, it definitely is a mindset. Um, Once I realized that there were people that were my same age, like in my 20s, who were owning hotels, mm-hmm. uh, people from the Indian community or East Asian community, they owned hotels a lot of, because actually over 50% of the hotels in America are actually owned by Indians. What? That's, I know, right? that's staggering. I know, right? I know, so clearly they know something that the rest of us don't. And I know you're about to show us. 
Yeah. And so they were able, and I was a part of, um, uh, it's called the American Hotel Lodging Association, Under 30 Gateway, the time when I was under 30. And I was a part of a group. I actually um, led that group. I was one of the, the chairwoman, but there were a lot of people from different parts of the industry. You know, I was at, I was in operations. There were folks who were owning hotels in marketing, asset management, investments. And I said, oh my goodness, there's a just an there's a whole wide world out there. And I realized that's where the money was. Mm. Right. And so that really was the turning point that actually shifted my mind um, to think about hotel ownership. Once I saw that other people can do it. And I started to become curious. I did not go to school for finance or economics or real estate. Mm. Uh, so I had to be creative when it came to getting to the hotel ownership side. So what I did, I took a non-paid internship. And so that was my introduction to hotel ownership. Um, so that's where I learned about asset management. Who did you intern with? Uh, the company is called Horwath HTL. It's a international hotel consulting firm ah. uh, based out of Atlanta. Here I'm, I'm based in Atlanta too. And so I, I was in, working there non-paid in the morning. And then I actually, you know, still working at the Hyatt at night. Mm. So working from like nine and nine every day or nine and whenever I got off mm. every day for about three months and uh, Horworth decided to keep me on. They brought me on. And that's where I learned about feasibility studies, you know, development consultant, all the nitty gritty, right. Mm-hmm. Seeing a dirty land and having developers come in and say, I want to build this 300 room hotel with a spa and this and that. And I said, oh, wow. And uh, so I was there for about two and a half years and I moved to Boston, worked for Siege and Warnick, um, still in asset management, but those um, was a larger firm. And um, that's where I really learned about asset management from the ownership side. So throughout my timeline, my clients were hotel owners. So what the better way of understanding hotel ownership than the clients um, who, and a lot of them didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, to this day, uh, yeah. I mean, now it's getting better. Now we getting better. Um, but at the time, it wasn't a lot of people who looked like me um, who own hotels. And um, it's still not because less than 2% of the hotels in the United States are owned by African-Americans and less than 1% are owned by African-American women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I got tired of going to these conferences and I would be like the only black person there, you know, besides the people who worked at the hotel. And so I wanted to help change that and, um, bring more people who look like me and more women. And it is starting to change. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see that, you know, now when I go okay. to these industry conferences, it is, you know, where it's, it's getting a little bit diversified because typically it was like white people and Indians. And that's mm-hmm. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I so think with knowledge comes better. power, right? As yeah, people learn absolutely. more about how to break into it, they get more and more confident bringing their own people in as well. Absolutely. But I would say one of the biggest hurdles people probably need to go across when they're thinking about hotel ownership is where do I find the money? to build a hotel. Now I know there are different classes and sizes of hotels and I'm sure they all cost, you know, different amounts. So maybe we start there. What are the different types of hotels? How much do they cost and where am I going to find the money to buy them? And so what you just touched on, um, and actually what I teach about in my courses and what I teach about in my upcoming book is coming out in January 25th, 2022. Make sure congratulations. You yeah, definitely pre-order. I talk about all those things that you just mentioned, um, how to find capital, 
or find equity partners, um, how to find deals, Mm -hmm. right? How to, and really it's just getting into the room, right? Your net worth really depends on your network, right? Mm. And so people ask me, the first question is, well, how did you get there? Well, like I said, I've been in the industry for over 15 years, so I was able to develop a lot of relationships, right? And throughout those relationships, that's how I was able to find the deal in Oklahoma, mm. you know, through a broker relationship that I had years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so before, a, before we get that, like take us back. So just kind of lay the foundation for us on those different types of hotels and how much potentially it's going to cost for each of those different types of hotels. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, thanks for that, because I always get I get so excited to speak. On. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So for one, there's over like 100 brands. Mm. OK, there's 100 brands. So for my folks who always want to start their own brand, I'm like, it's probably we're not there already. <laughs> um, there are um, several different types of hotels. There are limited service hotels. Um, mm-hmm. Limited service would be like a, a Hampton Inn. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of a Hampton Inn, mm-hmm. a Hyatt Place, Season S a select service, an economy Hotel would be like a super eight or a days in. And basically what that means is it doesn't have the same amenities as a full service hotel, right? Mm. So if you go into the Hampton Inn, but you go into Hilton, you don't get that same type of experience, those same yeah. type of amenities. Uh, Hampton Inn, you may get, you get the free breakfast. Doubletree is a full service hotel. You get the, you get the cookie. Um, you have full service Marriott, like a Marriott Marquis or... Uh, Four Seasons, which is Four Seasons, Mandan Oriental, St. Regis, all those are luxury hotels. Uh, They have certain amenities. They have a spa, they have a concierge, they have 24-hour room service. You don't get Mm -hmm. those same things at a Hampton Inn, right? right? If you need tiles, you probably have to go down to the front desk to pick them up, right? It's not that same level. So Mm -hmm. uh, first things first is really, which is a great question, starting that foundation and really understanding the industry and understanding... um, the different types of hotels that determine um, what type of hotels you actually want to invest in. So how much would I have to spend? Like what's the range from the least service hotel to a full service hotel? How much money would I need to raise? Oh my God. It depends. You're going to hear me say that a lot because every deal, because it, so for one hotels are real estate, right? So it's Mm -hmm. um, operating business sitting on real estate. So a Hampton Inn that you'll get in New York city may not be the same price as a Hampton Inn in Atlanta. Mm, so it's hard to say what a range would be because there are some hotels for 400000 all the way up to a billion dollars, mm. right? Or motel, motel probably for 400000 So it's kind of a hard to say like a, a range. Um, it's just more so um, the location, of course. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the price really depends on the location, the brand, yeah. and how the hotel is going to perform. I think I've heard you say that you currently have a hotel ownership group. And so right. could you explain what that is and perhaps maybe talk about the different ways that people can go about raising capital? Sure. Well, raising capital, you definitely want to start within your network. Mm-hmm. Um, start within your network with raising capital. Um, a lot of people don't realize that they can use um, or people can invest in deals using their retirement, brokerage, life insurance. Um, some folks have invested in deals using, you know, lines of credit on their investment properties. So a lot of people don't realize that you can um, use those type of vehicles to actually invest in a deal. Mm. Right. Um, so that's those are some of the ways that you can, you know, be creative and, and find equity uh, for hotels. To your point, I know you're trying to get me to say a number The equity raises a lot higher 
than you would be if you're trying to do a, do a deal on a single family mm-hmm. um, or a smaller property. Typically, you need about 20 to 30 percent down. So let's just say the hotel is five million dollars. You probably need about a million, um, a million to a million and a half, you know, just mm-hmm. depending. Um, so that's just kind of give you an idea. Just, you know, rule of thumb, like 20 to 30 percent down that you probably have to put down. That's for an acquisition development, probably a little bit more. Mm. So typically people are pulling together a network of people. Okay. Yeah, all the time. I have yet to see a deal where it was one person. Yeah, it could be a billionaire and they own the land and they still partner with somebody else. That makes sense. Like you don't have to take on the risk by yourself. So earlier you alluded- other people money. I just saw a deal. It was 91, I'm not going to disclose the hotel, but it was a $91 million deal. Billionaire Mm -hmm. partnered with the firm. They didn't use their own money. What's in it for them? Do they get the profit off of the operations or what is it? Yep. You get the profit off the operations. And with hotels, what makes it a sexy asset when you sell the property and also there's a lot of tax advantages as well. You get a lot of tax benefits. Mm. So earlier you alluded to your first deal in Oklahoma. How did that come about for you? So again, going back to the partnerships and the relationships, you know, raising capital, we were able to find that deal through relationships and we bought it during COVID. So think of it as maybe closer to where the real estate industry was in 2008, 2009. Crashed rock bottom prices a little bit. It didn't crash like we thought it was going to crash. It crashed from hotels like closed. A lot of Mm. hotels like literally closed. But it a lot of hotels, they weren't at discounted prices like houses. So a lot of people started funds, billion-dollar funds, thinking they were going to scoop up and buy all these hotels. So that's why I would caution to say it was a crash. It was some discounted prices, but not like we thought it was going to be. So if I don't have a network of people who know about hotels that are available for sale, where would I go to find these deals? So there's not an MLS for hotels, you know, mm-hmm. like for residential there's like an mls i think even some but for hotels it's like so loopnet is a great website um 10x t-e-n hyphen x.com that's an auction website that you can go to to find deals uh building relationships with brokers with hotel brokers hotel brokers Mm. i'm gonna emphasize that because a lot of times what people do They'll, you know, no offense to any brokers, but you, when you work, especially your first hotel deal or your first who you want to work with brokers who specifically has experience in selling hotels because the underwriting is different. The, the diligence process is different. Mm-hmm. Um, the team is different. Um, but going back to how we got to El Reno was just relationships. Um, it, it was an acquisition deal. It wasn't a development deal. It was already existing. It was a great price raise capital and we, we bought the hotel. You mentioned brokers. And I know that when you're looking at acquiring a property or a hotel, there's a whole team of people. So yeah. who are the members of the acquisition teams? And maybe what what is some advice that you can give about pulling that team together? Um, I would start with working with the hotel consultant first so they mm-hmm. can help you connect you with everyone on the team. Um, a hotel consultant or asset manager, um, they'll tip in an asset manager is the owner's representative. They have the owner's best interest at heart. Uh, typically they stay on after the hotel closes too, so they can kind of guide you and advise you on how to make your hotel profitable. So you can, you know, dispose of the asset at a, at a, at a profit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely want to have a broker, hotel broker. Everyone that I'm mentioning on the team has done hotel, has gone, has gone to the closing table. That's who you want to work with. Mm. Um, not on your first deal because you knew and then you're going to work with somebody else who knew. Nah. Not a good idea. Mm-mm. Even if you get to the closing table, you done lost, you done lost about close to a million. So oh. you don't, you done lost some money somewhere. So um, you definitely want to have um, um operator uh, start looking for the right fight. Right. So hotels really depends on how it operates. That's what's mm. going to make the hotel profitable. Mm-hmm. The location, of course, the real estate, right? But really, it's the operation because you can have a hotel downtown, you know, Times Square, New York City. But if you don't know how to operate it, it can close down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So having the right operator, um, having the right brand for that particular location, having a good attorney. Um, so hotels, uh, a lot of, uh, complex documents, meaning you have a franchise agreement you have, cause you're buying into a franchise, mm-hmm. uh, you have a management agreement with the operator. If you're bringing a third party operator, you have the purchase sale agreement. So all of those different agreements that I just mentioned, you want to make sure that you get an attorney who understands how to negotiate those terms legally. Um, and if you don't understand the business terms and that's when your asset manager comes into play. Mm. That's a big team. So good thing that you have to start with a consultant up front. Who yeah, knows? I would start with one first. As you yeah, can they, see, wow, right? Exactly. They have the like, connections. They know the process. Yeah. Like, where would you go? Like, you can go to Google, but it's a whole vetting process because mm-hmm. the attorney, you know, for a limited service may not be the best attorney for negotiating a, a, a luxury service hotel. Mm-hmm. Right? You may want to get somebody who has experienced one, one particular brand and not the other. So you want to, you know, that's why it's important to kind of have that consultant because, you know, they work with people before they have relationships. You know, I'm a part of a consultant organization. Um, so I have relationships with people mm-hmm. who way more, I mean, they've been in the industry longer than I've been alive. And I could just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, I have this deal. You know, do you know, if, uh, I need an attorney. They're like, okay. You know, so that, that's what I do. Think of me as the connector. <laughs> mm, I like it. I like yeah. it. So I actually do watch the show on Netflix where it's, I forget the name, but it's two girls who are going everywhere and, and starting the, they've started their own hotel brand. So they're going and the show is about them developing it. But you mentioned that the way you operate a business can make or break it. What oh, yeah, are some I heard about the, that. It's like motels. They coming in the old motels and yeah. 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 Um, I but I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I think, think I saw like a They're clip. Like, they do. I think of you. Oh <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign. Maybe you should be like the 501st hotel brand that's out there. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering, I know people have a lot of hype around the purchasing, the finding, the chase, right? The closing. But yeah. once you own a hotel, what are some of the things that could really make or break it? I think you mentioned just the way that you operate it. But what are some of those landmines that you need to be aware of? Um, well, any business owner knows that you have to control costs. Mm. And so those are one of the things that so hotels are about it's a, at the end of the day. You can't, it's a, it's an experience. It's customer service. I'm sure you stayed at the hotel and you remember the best service. That was the best service you ever received. You'll probably, you probably either gone back or you recommended it, right? Mm-hmm. Or you left a review. 
Yeah. And I'm sure there was a hotel where you had the worst experience ever and you will never go back. Like Mm -hmm. ever. And you probably wrote a review and you probably wrote a letter. He's like, I'm never going to go back. Mm. Well, that right there is a part of performance, no matter how much you can control, you know, the expenses. The goal of a hotel is to get guests in the hotel to stay there and to spend money. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you had to now the hotel industry is facing a lot of disruptors. Airbnb. Yeah, that's a huge disruptor. It's a threat. It's taking revenue share. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere because it's a win win for too many people. But from operational wise, as far as what I would recommend, um, and even, you know, with my property, what you have to do as an owner, you have to, again, control expenses, but again, create the best experience possible for your guests. So mm-hmm. when I talk to my management company, I want to know what's going on with the guests. Are they happy? Why aren't they happy? If they're not happy, what are we doing to fix it? Because, and then also you have to take care of your employees. Mm. You know, um, I'm really big on that. I'm really big on taking care of them. Plus one, because I guess I was a front desk agent. So I remember what it was like and it wasn't too far. It wasn't like 35 years ago. So I remember it was like, what, 15 years ago. I still remember it, Mm -hmm. right? And so taking care of your employees, another thing. Um, because when you take care of your employees, your employees take care of you, meaning they take care of your business. So mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm out, I'm here in Georgia. I'm talking to you in Georgia, talking to you from Georgia. My hotel is in Oklahoma, right? So have people who are on the front lines, cleaning rooms, checking in guests, and you know, making sure as an owner to make sure that that they're comfortable and that they're happy, so that way they can go to work every day, do what they have to do. And again, make the guests happy. If they're unhappy at their job, either one, they're going to leave or two, they're going to make the guest experience unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But you acquired a hotel during COVID. Yeah. So what kind of challenges have you seen for yourself as an owner for some of your peers that, that also own hotels? Again, going back to controlling costs, I know some of my peers, they bought hotels that depended a lot on business travelers. Yeah. Um, and that's something I stay away from. Again, I used to work in a hotel, right? And mm-hmm. so I work in a business travel. It was a convention hotel, depended on business travel. That was the bulk of our business. So I was working in a hotel when the last recession, they cut hours like crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, people who trained me, people who were like older to be my grandma, they were getting laid off. I still remember that. So when Mm -hmm. I buy hotels, I look at demand generators and what a demand generator is, is something that will bring that demand to your hotel. So think of it as like a, like Disney world is a demand generator. A Mm -hmm. university is a demand generator. A a hospital is a demand generator. Like no. So when you buy a hotel, when you're thinking about buying a hotel, nobody's buying, nobody's staying at the hotel because the hotel was cool. Mm. they're staying at the hotel because the hotel was cool, but they were doing something else. Yeah. In a it's hotel, convenient. They just be con- mm. They're just feeding it. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. And it's just great experience. Nobody's traveling for a great, unless it's like a staycation, but uh, staycations aren't going to fill up your hotel. Right. Mm-hmm. So some peers and what happened in the industry when people stopped. Tra- so one thing about the hospitality industry it's the first thing to get cut when it's an economic downturn, mm. right? Yeah. Every time it's some type of recession, there's an economic downturn, 
the hospitality industry is the worst one hit. Because what's mm. the first thing that happens? You All your travel, travel, anything that's just leisure activity goes. Because you still try to get your hair done. You still try to get, you may scratch your nails. Mm. You may do some things to cut corners. You may cut clothes, but you still kind of need that. But you, you know, but travel, you cut that. It's mm-hmm. cut. Right? Yeah. Um, as you can see with COVID. And so that's mm-hmm. what happened with a lot of hotels. Um, this was even worse than 9-11. It, and what happened with a lot of hotels is that a lot of hotels, um, they couldn't, they they couldn't, it was costing more to close. Wow. Yeah, right. And so that's what happened with COVID. It was just complete stop. Nobody was traveling. Um, you know, maybe like I know some hotel when you think when you have a hotel that's like over a thousand rooms and it's like empty, Oof. like eight percent occupancy, like mm. five people checking in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So when you think about the sort of income you as an individual who needs to pay bills could get from a hotel, mm-hmm. is that in itself enough to live on? Or as you said earlier, sometimes the money is made when you sell the hotel. So is this something that someone's going to live off of if they own a hotel? Yes, but it also depends on your strategy, right? Mm. So, and and also depends on the type of property. Like a full service hotel, it takes more money to run and it takes more money to put in. So typically companies buy big service so big those big full service hotels mm. right yeah someone maybe like a small business because over 60 percent of the hotels in the united states are owned by small businesses and remember what i said before over 50 percent of the hotels in the united states are owned by indians mm. well that that was their full-time job and they were able to grow with the model of starting with like a super eight and some of it that was that was their full-time job so Yes, you can, but it also depends on what's your strategy. Like if you get more of like an economy hotel, that's more of like a cash flowing property. So meaning it's less expenses, less overhead. Uh, so that means more money is going directly to the bottom line. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. Because I think that's something that people will be considering when yeah. when when they're thinking about this. Is this a business? Work. So that's why I pause. You have to do yeah. the work, right? Mm-hmm. The hotel still has to, somebody still has to check in, clean the toilets. You know what I mean? All this mm-hmm. to make beds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to staff it. And so some people, what they do, they get a hotel where they bring in a third party management company. Yeah. They bring in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so that cuts in a little bit of cost. And some people just do it all on their own. Um, so it just depends on your strategy. And I, what I say, I call it an ownership or investment thesis, what works for you. Mm, yeah. yeah. So different approaches, either you're doing this as, as a side investment and you have, you know, a team that's really supporting the day to day, or this is going to be your bread and butter and you're clocking in at the hotel every day and everything goes into your pocket, essentially. Yeah. So again, it, it's up to you. Um, some people, they do a buy and hold strategy meaning they buy the hotel, they're really not looking at cash flow. Mm. Of course, they have other, you know, things going for themselves, of course, to pay bills. But, you know, by the time they sell the hotel, you know, they're selling it for millions and millions of dollars. So that's what I'm saying. It depends on On your your strategy. strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So you currently own a hotel. What is your goal? Where are you trying to be in the next five or 10 years as far as from from a hotel ownership perspective? Uh, the goal is to get hired. Some oh, look, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, I started at Hyatt. Yes, exactly. I mean, wow, what a full circle moment the day you close on a Hyatt. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Every everybody knows, even the CEO of Hyatt, he knows I want a Hyatt. <laughs> everybody <laughs> knows I want a Hyatt. So the goal is to get a Hyatt. Um, get a Hyatt. I am working on a project. It's pretty huge. Um, I can't wait to share. Um, so that's going to be, and it's, it still has something to do with hotels. Okay. Um, but it's something different. Um, it's a new, it's, it's new to me. It's something I've, I've never done, but I felt like everything that I've been doing has led me to this point. So okay. I'll definitely, I'll share it with you. You'll say, please, oh, please. That is pretty huge. I cannot <laughs> wait. But yeah. you also have a mission where you are trying to get more black people, yeah, get, black women yeah. into the industry. And yeah. what are the ways that you're doing that? Yeah, definitely through um, education, through courses, um, being on, you know, talking to people, just mm-hmm. planting a seed, you know, even if they don't do it in 2022, you know, maybe they'll do it in 2023, right? Um, you ask, you know, for five years from now, I would, would love for, you know, someone who come up to me and say, hey, Devon, because of you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying a hotel. You know, mm-hmm. somebody just sent me a text earlier today and it wasn't a hotel, but they bought uh, they bought an investment property because their goal is to get to a hotel. So just starting that or, or mm-hmm. getting the, you know, starting off with like an Airbnb and understanding the model and then potentially growing into a hotel. Um, so uh, it, it's exciting um, talking to people mm. um, and hearing how they wanted to own a hotel, but they didn't know how they didn't think it was possible until they heard my story. Um, so that's actually what, what keeps me going. Mm. Um, I have some other 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 ideas but right now i'm working on this this huge project that i can't wait it, it should be out the project go, the project um is going to launch in uh, 2022 okay well i'm looking forward to that now for anyone who's excited about what you're doing and they really want to follow in your footsteps where can we find you where, where can we learn more about you yeah sure so you can follow me on instagram at davon reeves d-a-v-o-n-n-e-r-e-a-v-e-s uh, you can go to my website, www.thevongroup.com. Um, pretty much on, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I have a Facebook group called Black Hotel Investors. Um, so definitely connect with me. Um, love to share. Like I have a book coming out January 25th. So pre-order your copy today. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. And as you said, you've probably planted a seed for somebody who didn't even know this was a possibility for them. So thank you for that. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript. Or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode.